welcome to the show everyone really appreciate everyone today we have a very special guest today uh amy travis and she's an author and she has so many different things that she's doing and we like to welcome her in now amy welcome to the kilroy williams show and if you could you could just start off by introducing yourself and tell us i see you have a web page with all your books and all the stuff that you're doing to help people so uh tell us all about yourself and, and and what and what's going on in your mind today okay great thank you so much i really appreciate being here so Glad to have you. Uh, i have written several books and uh if i can just give you some background on how i got to this point so right out of high school i did the college thing like everybody does um, most people do and i went to wheaton college and i was studying to be a biblical studies major but then, of course, you know, life happens. So I met my my husband uh, actually right before I left for college. So I went to Chicago from Pittsburgh, met him before I left. So uh, that only worked for about a year and a half. I came home. Uh, I married Perry and then uh, started having children. So I had put my education on hold. But then about 10 years or so ago, uh, I went back to college. I was on the <laughs> It's on the 20 year plan, you know, that works sometimes. Right. So, and I went to Liberty University and I had taken some classes in biblical worldview and I was, I was really just hooked. So even after I finished that program, uh, I went on, I was able to get a master's in business, but then I kind of stuck with the idea of the, of the biblical worldview. So back in 2014, I started a, Bible study just at our church, and I called it fusion because it was the idea of connecting the ultimate reality with our current reality. So the mm. ultimate reality, of course, is Jesus. And so how does that relate and how does that spill over into real life? And I think sometimes as believers, we struggle with that. Mm. You know, we kind of have the church bubble and, you know, we can all do that very well, but soon as we leave church and we go to starbucks we you know mouth off to the barista or give the waitress a hard time uh it sometimes doesn't trickle down into our belief system how we deal with people uh it doesn't always trickle down into our political views which what i've learned most recently is uh, the amazing connection between the biblical worldview and truth and a lot of the current hot topics that we're seeing. And uh, so I'm sure we'll get into that a little more, but uh, yeah. my husband and I, we have three adult children. So from the ages of 29 to 19. Wow. So uh, we're in a, in a new phase of life. And so that's why I've enjoyed writing books and, uh, We've also done most recently, so Fusion, uh, if I could just back up for a second, uh, something, there were some things that happened and we weren't able to continue at the church. So we took a break there. And uh, after a couple of years, we actually reorganized it as a nonprofit. So that started out with just making a way to do some leadership training for women in our area. And what it morphed into is actually incredible what, what, what the Lord has led us into. And uh, in 2018, my mom, my daughter, and I, so the three of us started Fusion Leadership Group, 
had an opportunity to visit Uganda in East Africa. And, excuse me, uh, we went, we had a friend that, that uh, had come to the States for college. And she, when she returned home, she actually started working in government. She's very successful, has done very well and had invited us over. So we went there as their guests. Uh, but the other thing that happened was my daughter's church was sponsoring children from an orphanage school in Uganda. And so when Val, uh, my daughter, uh, realized that we were going to the same country, she arranged for us to visit the orphanage also, which was five hours from where we were staying. And, you know, that's five hours in uh, in the developing country is not the same as, as driving from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> So Definitely. it was amazing we got there, but that was God-ordained. And uh, the directors there, Millie and Robert Kikamiko, they're uh, a young couple, uh, remarkably young, like 28 and, and 33 or 34, I forget how old Robert is. And they're running a school for 500 children. They have a foundation, which also, which also helps young women in, uh, you know, we're talking abject poverty. And one of the things that we're we're dealing with now is that, uh, I mean, it, it's been going on, but that we are helping Millie to address because she's been in this fight for a while, is that sometimes fathers will sell their children, their daughters, mm. once they turn the age of 13. So uh, we are helping right now to get these girls into secondary school. Like there's, there's no given, there's no uh, government education like we have here. And, and even mm. with all of its ills that we're seeing right now, uh, it's still better than, than nothing and uh, no education. So a lot of work to be done there, but um, Fusion Leadership Group helps to, to fund some projects there and to support Millie and Robert and... Uh, so that's well, about it. That's 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 that's, that's a fantastic at. mission. It's, so the fathers you say sell their daughters. Is that like for sex trafficking stuff or? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So there's a mm. couple d different um, ways it can go. It's considered child brides, and that's a practice we see in a lot of mm -hmm. uh, underdeveloped countries. And I actually have a video on my on the uh, Fusion website. So it's fusionleadership.site where I interview Millie and she talks about the root causes of this. And, and really what it boils down to is that, uh, believe it or not, Uganda has only outlawed polygamy in the last 30 years. Hmm. So what that means is it still happens and it's not just there in a lot of places, it still happens in the, in the rural areas. So now these fathers have five, two, three, maybe not five, but uh, two or three wives, multiple children. They can't afford to support or educate all their children. So the boys are the most valuable as they view it. And so once a girl turns 13, she is, she's really expendable. She is mm -hmm. uh, considered property and she can be sold. And, um, and a lot of times they hope to, to, 
get a husband for her that will help to support the family. And, you know, we're talking object poverty. I don't think for uh, the majority of us, if, if we haven't been to a developing country, you know, it, it, it's really hard to picture and understand. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's it's real. It's real in our own country. You know, you it hear is. About that. Yeah. Are, are you yes. in, are you involved in any way helping our own country as well, or do you just mainly focus? Yes. On no. That? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you said that. And I know we, we do we do get some criticism for that because people say, oh, well, there's a lot of right. needs here, and absolutely there are. And uh, one of the um, ministries that we're supporting is our friends, pastors uh, Jay and Tiffany Gilbert, started a pregnancy care center in the city of Pittsburgh. And so that is something that we are involved in. Uh, That's fairly new and we're looking for new ways to, or I should say additional ways to support them. Uh, You know, we're very small ourselves, so limited resources, but um, we do that. And and we've also supported different food banks and uh, I have a whole network of uh, nonprofits that we're connected with here. So uh, Inspired Women, for example, is a network that my friend Deborah put together that helps uh, individuals who have nonprofits support other women who have nonprofits. Uh, so they're they're both local and international. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wow, you know, because our children are not safe today. They're not safe. They're not. You know, and it's they're it's not. a it's a very sad thing. Well, that's that's a great thing that you're doing, and um. Oh, what has your response been so far with that, with uh, people um, since you've been doing it? You've been like really great success or what What have you seen? Yes. So uh, when we started the leadership uh, conferences, we started those in 2018. So we basically went from the three of us. So that it wasn't through another organization. So we were up to 100 women that are attending these events. Um, unfortunately, like the rest of the world, uh, we've kind of been on a, uh, you know, having to rebuild since sure. we sure. had our last conference in February of 20 of 2020, uh, the, the, uh, first, second week of February. And I was, uh, planning to attend a conference three weeks later at the same exact venue. And of course that never happened. So we're, we're starting to pick that back up again as far as the leadership conferences. So those are very well received and we focus on training women in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, we bring in speakers and a lot of it's about uh, helping. It, so taking someone who has a message but ne- doesn't necessarily have a platform in the way that we do. So we uh, find these women uh, and I train them. I, I show them a way to present their story. We, we call them fusion 15s. Wow. So we incorporate seven or eight speakers uh, for one conference by limiting the time. And uh, my mom is always a speaker at these events. She loves this. Oh, that's awesome. So Connie, so that's, that's a big reason why we do these conferences. And that has been, that has been really amazing. And we just, we love those. And, and, it's kind of been sad having to downscale, but 
You know, we have to mm -hmm. keep innovating and finding new ways. You'll get back there. That. You'll get back there. We will. No, no we'll, doubt. We're, yeah. We're, so what, we're what, br what brought you on to do this? Did you feel a calling from the Lord or did you, what, what, what was in your heart that wanted you to do this? Yes, absolutely. So when I had started with the, the whole idea of, you know, free searching biblical worldviews, that that was something I felt that God had given, given me and I had continued to research and study that. And uh, so when we started with the Bible study, I had no intention of, of getting into nonprofit. I didn't know anything about nonprofits. That's something we had to research and, and get there. And then the whole overseas Uganda uh, thing really, you know, we would say fell in our laps, but we know that God mm -hmm. ordained that. And sure. uh, when we look back at all of the, the very fragile connections and things that could have gone wrong that could have prevented us from even getting there. Uh, you know, we know that, that God had, had purposed that. And, uh, so yes, I I really focus on my relationship with Jesus Christ, and uh, now I'm starting to focus more on the idea that and and I just I listened to your podcast, your most recent one, and talking about the end times, and mm -hmm. you know I've been studying up on a lot of biblical prophecy, mm -hmm. end time prophecy, and the fact that the the times are close. We oh, are yeah, we are yeah. at the latter part of the end. Yeah. And so what I feel uh, just went through a time of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the year. And uh, what I felt the Lord spoke to me was uh, I had started another book project and I just kind of, you know, put it to the side. But I am working on it's going to be more like a booklet called uh, Would Jesus or I'm sorry, Would God Really Send People to Hell? So it's going to be a tool that hopefully can be used by people who are unchurched mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe don't. We've also developed this, what I call Christianese that we use that people outside of our realm, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't speak to them. Mm -hmm. So I use anecdotal stories to try to, to address some of the common misconceptions. Like one mm -hmm. is uh, when people say, I would rather party in hell with my friends than, you know, than go to heaven. I have, so I have no idea what they're saying. They have no idea. And no so idea. Yeah. that's why, you know, I use stories and, and things relevant to today to explain that contrary to the movie that came out a couple of years ago there is no beer in heaven it's actually a place of burning sulfur and uh you know weeping and gnashing of teeth and fire and uh i you know like like many of us i'm sure i know you're there as well that now that we're in the the end times, man, it's um, mm -hmm. going to do everything mm -hmm. I can to get that message out. Yeah, and and you you hear everyone's different opinions and their thoughts about the end time. They think it's going to happen this way, that way. We don't really know. We only know what God says is going to happen. You just go by the signs, like you go by the seasons. You know, I mean, uh, some people think that uh, well, this is the end of America. Well, maybe. Or maybe God can maybe God can turn things around. We we don't, right. you know, I, I don't know. But the signs are there that is definitely we're in the end times. There's no doubt about it. Um, but I think God's ex, 
God is exposing a lot of the evil that we see in, uh, the, in uh, the, the enemy, Satan and his little minions are panicking. You can see it. They're panicking. They, they know that the, they know that they've been their Their time is up, you know, um, you know, and, and unfortunately, our, our evil government's part of that. But I think God is going to take care of that. You know, in the end, we win. We know the end of the story. But in the end, we win, especially if you're saved. So and I think during this time, it's really important, uh, as, I, as I said, personally, myself to reach out to people like you just said, that that don't that the unchurched, because they're the ones that are going to be uh, suffering. You know, they're the ones that are going to be think about someone that you really love dearly and they're unsaved. And let's say the rapture takes place. Now, we're going to be gone. We're not probably probably not going to be thinking about that. But just think about that, though. They're going to be left here. They're going to be left here going through that terrible thing that things that are going to happen. And that I don't want to see that happen, you know, but, you know, but all you can do is do your part, plant the seed and like like you're doing you know it's it is that, that's you know do what, what god's calling is he calls us all to do something um we each have a different gift and uh you have multi gifts here <laughs> thank you what, what what you told me before you got on what did you say that you kind of want to break down and get into more um you said yes the natural let, let, order yeah go ahead let's t- let's talk okay. about that Great. And so this is something I cover extensively in my books. And and the reason why is I think it relates to a lot of what's happening right now. So what we're seeing in our society, and Kiroi, I think you and I are both from the generation before the participation trophies, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) So before we had this idea that we had to include everybody and we can't hurt anybody's feelings and all truth is the same. Uh, and it, it's not. And so I, I like to talk about the natural order. So when you look at, uh, for example, the first three chapters in the book of Genesis cover a lot of the natural order, the idea that God created the universe with the spoken word, the fact that he created us male and female, the fact that he ordained marriage between a man and a woman, and the fact that he gave us the command to to multiply and be fruitful. Uh, and the idea in that there is good and evil, and that is a constant battle, and uh, we are standing in the middle of the battlefield. And then also, if you look at the, uh, the Ten Commandments, the idea of do not kill, do not steal, do not covet your neighbor's spouse, those type of things. So that is a natural order. And so what we're seeing now is everything is attacking, uh, is anti-God, really. And so at the root of it, it's Antichrist. like... Antichrist, totally. Exactly. And like my husband explains, it's like the mob standing outside of the uh, the palace when Jesus was, was on trial and, and they said, we will not have this man rule over us. So that's what we're seeing in our society is an attack on every single institution and on the natural order itself. So when we look at the idea of transgenderism, when we look at, you know, all kinds of different things that we could discuss, uh, what I realized as I really prayed about this and when I think that God revealed to me and uh, uh, I've, I've heard other uh 
teaching on this is that, you know, anytime, or if I could back up for a second, uh, the natural order is created for our protection. So if you think about it, the family unit, God could have chosen to, to fill the earth any way he wanted to, but he used families. And so we shouldn't be surprised when the, when the family structure, the traditional family structure is under attack, because mm -hmm. that's how we are safe. That is how God protects us. And then that's how and the enemy attacked. That's how the enemy did it. Absolutely. You know? The enemy yeah. wants nothing more than to break that down. Mm -hmm. uh, and in my book, I actually, I have some research in there that shows the amazing benefits uh, to every family member inside a marriage and a family unit. For example, uh, and you may know this, you may have heard this study, but they, they did a study of, um, I forget, like 2,000 men that showed that uh, a married man with heart disease, excuse me, um, lives up to two months longer than an unmarried man with no pre-existing conditions. Wow. So what they've taken from that is the idea that that marriage, even, and they said, even if it's not a great relationship, even if it's, you know, it's not overly fulfilling, there's something about marriage that is protective, is a protective factor. And one of the most amazing parts of that study, or I'm sorry, it was probably a different study. Uh, there is a correlation, a very strong correlation between marriage and the ability to generate wealth. And that's amazing. If you think about it, if you ask my husband, he'd probably tell you that's not true, you know, because us women tend to, to spend all the money. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the idea is that, uh, and what they've shown is that married people uh, do better financially, uh, live healthier lives, live longer lives, are more generous, uh, volunteer more often than unmarried people. And uh, it, it's just amazing. So that's part of the natural order. And, uh, and and one of the things, too, I think it's important for us to to realize is that it, and like I touched on earlier, you know, in, in this uh, in the trophy generation yeah. and the yeah. trophy, you know, we Everyone deserve wins, everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, and we don't want to exclude everybody uh, or anybody you know, we have to realize that when God says, no, don't do this, he's not saying, I'll hate you if you do it. What he's saying is, don't do it. This will hurt you. And there's consequences. There's consequences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, and another very important uh, topic, and I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about this, is if you think about it, anytime the natural order is usurped. Okay. Anytime there's an attempt to go around uh, what God has instituted and what he developed at creation, it provides the perfect cover for the stronger to exploit the weak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, if I could give you an example. So if we look at the, uh, the whole transgender uh, phenomenon that's going on is being pushed relentlessly. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I want you to think about Think about who that is benefiting. Okay, so transgenderism. So is it really benefiting the 13-year-old girl who is going through some 
uh, insecurities and some body changes. And, you know, she enjoys being with her friends more than boys. And she's very athletic. And so she's being told that she's really a boy and that she needs to, you know, be brave and come out and, and do this. Or is it really benefiting the pharmaceutical companies and the doctors who are financially benefiting from these experimental surgeries? Uh, so yeah. that's an example of the, the weak being exploited. And it happens, we see it all throughout uh, our society today, every time that God's order, his natural order is circumvented uh, somebody, it's a chance for somebody to be exploited. And that's why the natural order is so important. Yeah. And it's, it's for our good. It's for our protection. And yeah. when you think about it, he is a creator of the universe. And like I say in my book, uh, his game, his roles. Yep. Yep. And of course, Satan doesn't like that you know, at all. <laughs> you know, he doesn't like that at all. You know, you, when you were saying about the transgender thing, um, I knew of someone um, who had a foster child and the foster child's about nine, 10 years old, a female, and suddenly said that she doesn't feel like she's a female anymore. And, you know, now she's a male and the parents embraced it. They thought it was wonderful, you know, and it's just, it's like, one, that child is too young to even know what they're even talking about, in my opinion. Right. And, and to have the family embrace that is just, uh, it nauseates me. It, I, I don't, I don't understand it. And obviously they're not, they're not, uh, not to judge or anything, but I don't think they're a saved family, Christian family mm -hmm. to even want to even support that. But, but yeah, that is going on. And, and, you know, that is part of Satan's way of breaking up the family. If you break up the family, which he has very, been very successful doing, you know, uh, mother against mother, you know, and, and you know, uh, father against son. It's all in the end times. It's all in the end times where it's where this is happening. And we see it happening. That that, again, is another sign is 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 about that, you know. Yes, absolutely. And. Part of the lie of transgenderism is the idea, uh, and, and this is what Satan does. He comes in and he, he promises, makes these promises that, you know, you, you are going to be freed from this body that you're in because that's not really you. And you are going to mm -hmm. be able to uh, take on this new sexual identity. Uh, but, you know, sexuality, even though it has been exploited and, and, there's a lot of downside to it. That is one of God's greatest gifts mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. us is human sexuality. So what's happening with the transgenderism is that uh, these people are, are being sold a lie that they can really be another sex. And what happens is they end up being becoming sexless. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, and, and the schools uh, actually dead. Yeah. And the schools support this. The schools teach this. It's okay that the government schools are teaching this to our children, you know, uh, whether the parents like it or not, you know, it's, it's just unreal. It really is. It really is. It is. It is. And, um, did you did you have any more uh, more details about the, the about this that, that that you wanted to talk that 
we could yeah, learn? Yeah, sure. You know what? So I have a story in my book when we're talking about the transgender thing. So yeah, our young, our youngest uh, Nick. Uh, just a quick story about him. So when he was in eighth grade, and uh, him and his buddies, I think he was in track, and there was um, there was a girl there, you know, with the with pink hair, and mm-hmm. they got into a little bit of a, a dispute. Well, he had. He said, no, he said, there's only two genders. And she's like, no, there's not. Mm. Well, she reported him to the principal. Mm. And so he gets called down to the office. He really doesn't know exactly what he did wrong. Uh, you know, I mean, teenage boys are usually something. Sure, <laughs> I sure. had two of them, you know, usually something they did. But right. uh, so the assistant principal said to him, uh, Nick, you're in trouble because you said that there are only two genders and our government just came out saying that there are 58 different genders. And so this was during the Obama years when they, mm. they did, you know, the whole, uh, I forget the name of the legislation off the mm-hmm. top of my head, but. Um, That's when they started uh, allowing boys to go in girls' bathrooms and so exactly. forth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and Nick, you know, uh, this is personality. He said, Nope. He said, there's only two genders. He said, you can't convince me otherwise. (laughs) And, uh, she, she threatened to, she was going to suspend him, And, uh, uh, she didn't, which is, which is good. Uh, you know, he handled it. Uh, I would have had to get involved in that point. Could you imagine? Absolutely. Yeah. Fight for that. Um, Yeah. Right. But, uh, yeah. So, Mm. so that, so that was that. The sad thing is, it's not surprising. <laughs> no, it's That's not. The sad thing, it's, it's not, not surprising yeah. now. Oh man! And, uh, if I could give you another example, when we talk about the natural order, and, and so yeah. this is an area that we don't typically think of as being part of the natural order. But uh, do you realize that capitalism is evident if you go back in the first few chapters of Genesis? That's what we see. That is God's natural order. Now, it's mm. been called a lot of different things. Obviously, that was just not mm-hmm. the, the title uh, or what they knew it by. But when uh, Moses was involved in establishing the new nation of Israel and he was given the Ten Commandments, one of them was do not steal. Well, you can't steal something if you don't have ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the the natural order is as far as, you know, you talk about capitalism versus socialism. The other thing about socialism is that it is, it really goes against human nature in every respect. So Mm -hmm. it is not natural to work really hard and to have your possessions taken from you. And, you know, something else I I learned about socialism. So I've heard a lot of people say recently that, oh, they're just not doing it right if you do it right. Well, let me tell you something. And what I've learned is, and when you look at history, and I have a whole chapter in my book, The Pursuit of Liberty on Socialism, is that it's always done right because there's one intention for socialism. So socialism is never about helping the individual. It's always about empowering the government. Mm-hmm, so you can call it whatever you want, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. And uh, there's name, a story name, name a country that it's been, that has been successful. I don't think so. No, never <laughs> yeah. been. And uh, I give a lot of examples of the yeah. of the failures. 
and uh, the tragic, tragic results. And um, and capitalism, and you know, Robert Kennedy, or JFK, not Robert, uh, in 1963, gave the famous speech where he talked about how a rising tide lifts all boats. And so that's why capitalism is really, uh, like I said, it's a natural order. It's, it's what God created for us to mm -hmm. be able to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And are there abuses of it? Of course there are. Oh. But uh, it's been proven that across the world that there is no other system that generates more wealth at every single economic level than does capitalism. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think socialism, that's Satan's way. That's his government, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. You know, you're, you're all in this, you know, you're a slave. You're a slave by that, you know, and it, it's just, it's, mm -hmm. that's just, that's a battle that we've been fighting for a long time. And, um, you know, it's, it been, is. it's been going it on is. for a long time. Yeah. But, you know. And when you look at the natural order, too, and the idea that God as the creator of the universe, you know, he could have made us slaves. Mm -hmm. If you think about it. Sure. Uh, you know, he didn't have to give us the ability to be free, able free to. Will. Yeah. Yes. He didn't have to give us free will, but he didn't have to give us the ability to prosper either and to build wealth and to uh, build an identity and security. And he did. And so anytime you, if you want to know how to do that properly, you have to go to the word of God. And anytime we try to do it, uh, a principle that violates the biblical worldview, you know, that's when we end up with chaos. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that we are, uh, in your opinion, uh, I have my opinion. Um, do you think that we're living in the times of Noah? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, that's we are in the second half. We're in the later part of the last days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, in, and I think you had alluded to this earlier, you know, the parable of the fig tree. And mm -hmm. I hear a lot of pastors say, oh, well, we don't know exactly, you know, uh, when the end is coming or how it's going to come. And we don't really need to worry about that. But if you look at the parable of the, the fig tree, Jesus really chastised and called out the spiritual leaders and said, you know, you can predict the weather, but you can't read the signs of the times. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that is one of our responsibilities as believers is to know the signs of the times. And you know what? If Jesus didn't want us to know when he was coming back, he wouldn't have told us, but he did. Right. He laid it out very specifically. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. Uh, and if you look at it, uh, as far as end time prophecy, everything points to Israel. And so that's why we have to keep an eye mm -hmm. on what's happening there. And even as far as, uh, you know, the, being the latter half of the end times, uh, are you familiar with the prophecy when it talks about when, when my people were regathered? Mm -hmm. So many believe that the last generation and what Jesus talked about in one of his parables about uh, they will not see death before I return, that that's referring to the generation that was born after 1948 when Israel uh, claimed its independence as a nation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So if if you look at scripture too, and it says that the times uh, of uh, that generation, I'm sorry, is defined as 70 years. So uh, as I, as my pastor has pointed out, we are in overtime. So Good if you point. think about it as a soccer match, mm-hmm. and I wish I would have thought of this illustration, he thought of it. <laughs> I'm just borrowing it from him. But you know, if you and I coached soccer for a number of years. Uh, but if you watch international soccer and the only one that knows um, how much time is left in the game is, is the referee mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they, they take all those timeouts and excuse me, they add them to the end. And so we are now in overtime. And I, I honestly believe that. And uh, you know, there are, there are hundreds of scriptures pointing to that fact. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe also that's part of Lord exposing the evil too. you know, um, you know, you see a lot of that, you know, Amy, I'm, I'm, you know what, I'm disappointed in the church, a lot of the churches now, because uh, a lot of this is not being taught. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the 501c3 churches, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, the government tells them what to do, what to say, Um, you know, and they proved that when they refused to stay a lot of them just went along with the government and closed things down with the the uh pandemic i put that in air quotes um, pandemic yeah the pandemic thank you yeah <laughs> um uh you know and they you know and they're saying well we're trying to protect our people and god bless the ones that did fight for it and some pastors were arrested i never thought in a million <laughs> years or whatever you would see this in america you know, the, 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 know. When, when that happened, but it woke my eyes up because, you know, I, we couldn't go to church. They closed our church down. So I started trying to find around online. Some of that was good. God brought good into that because there were some really good churches that were doing that and, you know, to reach out to people. Um, but it opened my eyes when I saw the other churches, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is really what they're teaching it's a feel-good moment. It's a pep rally, you know. It's a. I did one of my shows. It was called an altar or a stage. Do they really have an altar, mm-hmm. or is it just a stage where they have a band? You you know what I'm saying? There's there's a lot of Absolutely. there's a lot That's of that in there. I, and I I think that God is going to expose the church too. You know, you hear about the deep state. There's the deep church too. There's the deep church. And um, for me personally, and that's where I have to go to the Lord it's really hard for me to find a church that I can trust right now. I mean, you know, that that's really Bible believing truth, uh, speaking the truth. Um, you know, you go to some churches, they don't even say in the name of Jesus. Uh, they don't preach about sin, you know? So uh, a lot of this stuff, I think God is going to uh, hold accountable for is, is the leaders in these churches. Would you not agree? I absolutely 100% agree. And and yes, we were at the point where we, we were just about ready to give up on organized church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I actually have a chapter in the book uh, called The, the um, Social Injustice. <laughs> and I talk about the social justice movement. And I, I kind of call out the churches in that and because mm-hmm. there are a number of churches who are actually mark, marching with Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the church in America has reached a point, and, and 
I'm sorry, I should back up. Not every church. No, not everyone. Um, no. no, we we have found a really good one where they, they preach the truth and they talk mm -hmm. about sin and they talk mm -hmm. about the coming of Jesus. And we're, we're very pleased about that. Uh, another level in, in Pittsburgh. And, uh, but there have been a number of churches and a number of denominations which have which are siding with the social justice movement and sometimes it's a it's they're, they're deceived it's not an actual they don't even realize that they are making a political statement because you know they mm -hmm. just want to love everybody and they just want to mm -hmm. don't want to hurt everybody. feelings don't want to hurt the feelings yeah. exactly yeah. exactly but when you look at social justice and actually can i read a definition to Please. you that i found for social Absolutely. justice and um this is what kind of opened my eyes because when i first started researching this i thought you know i don't even exactly know what social justice means what finds it it turns out that nobody really does and, and it's right. intentionally vague so bear with me a second as i sure, pull this no up uh, where am i here okay so this is a, a definition that i found and uh so Social justice is a political and philosophical theory which asserts that there are dimensions to the concept of justice beyond those embodied in the principles of civil or criminal law, economic supply and demand, or traditional moral frameworks. Social justice tends to focus more on just relations between groups within society as opposed to justice of individual conduct or justice for individuals. Mm -hmm. Historically and in theory, the idea of social justice is that all people should have equal access to health, wealth, well-being, justice, privilege, and opportunity regardless of their legal, political, economic, or other circumstances. In modern practice, social justice revolves around favoring or punishing different groups of the population regardless of any given individual's choices or actions based on value judgments between I'm sorry, regarding historical events, current conditions, or group relations. In economic terms, this often means redistribution of wealth, income, and economic opportunity from groups whom social ju justice advocates consider to be oppressors uh, compared to those who they consider to be the oppressed. Social justice, and this is directly from the definition, is often associated with identity politics, socialism and revolutionary communism yeah. so i would encourage any pastors that are listening you know to 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 really understand what is happening with the social justice movement that social justice in effect is anti-justice and that's where I get in where it's the uh, the 501c3 churches that are teaching that because the government is you know basically telling them some of those people to read that stuff and you know but yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's definitely that's part of the communist plan, you know, and, it, you know, it, it's all about dividing, uh, you know, I mean, that that's part of it, too. You know, that that's how you get the division, you know, and it's yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah, that's that is. Uh, uh, and it seems to be getting worse. It seems to be getting worse. Well, you know, it's they, gonna, you know, we, we know from prophecy, it, it's going to get worse as the closer we get to the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and also, if I can read from Isaiah, 
the, the definition of true justice. Learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's case. And so justice, so, uh, justice is not a philosophical idea. It is a measurement and we have the, the tools to measure it. It is the Ten Commandments and it is scripture and, and that's what true justice is. And uh, I also talk in the chapter about how it's amazing to me. And one of the things that I saw, particularly around the election, and uh, there was another pastor and uh, I can't think of who it was. I'll have to bring it up that actually called out the churches right after the Republican National Convention. And he said, you know, why is it that a political organization is talking about abortion, is talking about justice, is talking about uh, Jesus and truth more than the American churches? And that is that is just really sad. And what mm. I believe God showed me is because he's true to his word, revival is coming and it's coming to America and it's coming to the rest of the world. But it may not be coming through the churches. Right. Right. Oh, absolutely. I think we're going to see a different type of revival. You know, you, you, you may see the old tent revivals in a community, uh, you know, and I think a lot of new churches are going to be coming out. It's just my opinion uh, that will be coming out of the homes, you know, you know, and starting. And I think uh, uh, these corrupt churches, God's going to, you know, do with them. I think it'll be a whole different thing. I really do. Yeah, I definitely believe there's going to be a revival coming. You know, um, I have some some people that I know what I call the doom and gloom Christians where they're just saying like totally like, oh, no, this is it, blah, 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 blah. Like I shared with you, I, you know, we just go by the signs, you know, uh, either way, God wins. But don't tell me he's not in control. I mean, he, he, he loves America. And I pray to him. I said, you know, Lord, if you can just delay this so we can get a lot more people saved, if you can just, you know, give us, you know, another opportunity you know, to, to turn this country around. So we, and the main thing is to get the, the, un, the unsaved and um, which breaks my heart. And I don't know if you've had this experience. Maybe you do uh, with the pandemic. Uh, so many of my family members and friends just go right along with it. And they're, they're, they're the sheep and um, they won't listen. They, they just won't listen. And um, you know, but uh, we got some small wins there from God, you know, with the court court ruling uh, for the employers. So praise for that. You know, we just, that's all we can do is just keep praying for the little victories. And I think we'll get it. I think we'll get there. But it, it, it just breaks my heart. Yes. And my husband and I talk about that all the time. It, it is heartbreaking. And and I think that's a sign of the end, too, that, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Deceitful. Bible talks about the veils that mm -hmm. are over their eyes and there's a lot of deception. But I didn't think and, it would be I didn't think it would be close friends and family. I, 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 I just wasn't yeah. expecting that. You know, it's just like, wow, you never thought that way before. What, what you know, but there's no <laughs> talking to them. There's none. There's none. There, there, there's no convincing them there there's you know it's just, you just got to let them find out for themselves and you just pray for them that's all you can do right right and you know the uh the parable of the bridesmaids in the book of john and and this is fascinating and i didn't realize this until recently but you remember if you remember the story it's about the 10 bridesmaids and they had one job their job was to wait for the bridegroom and 
half of them were ready and half of them weren't. And they had to go out into the into the city and, and get oil. And many believe that that particular parable is talking to the fact that as much as 50% of the church is going to be deceived mm-hmm. in the end of the times, and they are not going to be waiting. And it goes along with the scripture that says, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons? Did we not heal and, and raise the dead? And, and that is that scripture terrifies me mm-hmm. <laughs> of mm-hmm. all of them because you know, you're not talking about casual, a casual understanding of the Lord. Uh, but I just heard it said this way too. You know, Christianity, God is the only employer that fire that can fire you and let you keep doing the work for right. the job. So there are a lot right. of people that are operating, uh, you know, as servants of the Lord and, in capacities, but they've lost the connection to the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes, they have. And I think that's part of uh, two things. That's probably the church, the way they're not, you know, telling you what they should be. And it's just, you know, the, again, the, the veil over their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's um, I, I'm just I'm not surprised because the Lord said this was going to happen. But yet, I guess just being human, I am, you know, <laughs> just, right. it, it, it well, just we never thought it would happen in our lifetime. No, I never thought no. that. No. And I remember when I first, you know, being in high school and, uh, you know, my first time being involved in the church and hearing about the end times and mm-hmm. that there would be persecution of believers. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not going to happen in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, think Ameri- I think America uh, got, it has a lot to do with the end times uh, more than we realize. It's, it's, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes and no. I, I agree with you because mm-hmm. we are, uh, well, we were the, were. the world superpower. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of mention of us. Um, there's, you know, some faint references to the horn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know what to make of all that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but like you said, uh, or I think I heard in your last podcast, you know, we will not be here. So right. that yeah. is the promise. Yeah. And but it um, bugs it, it it bugs me the ones that will be left here. And the, the, that I have this hardened heart. I have family members that have this hard heart. They're not going to listen. And you know, God tells us some people are going to be that way. They're just going to you know it's going to stay that way. But you know, when it, especially when it's family members, close friends and it's just like if only you realize what is going to happen after the church is gone. That's when the devil has a play day. And you know, and, and it's absolutely it's absolutely. it's gonna be absolutely horrible, you know. And, and uh, um I was talking about like the antichrist, you know, is he around or is he not? I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe not, but you know, the the signs that think that have things set up for him, it's certainly looking like it is that you know it's coming close. Um, you know, but um, it's, it's just so overwhelming, uh, I guess, because we don't understand we're too small and God's too big, you know, and it's just hard for us. And that's when you go in his word and ask him to help you understand everything and give you peace and just keep marching on. You know, he, he, he tells us to keep fighting, he tells us to keep running the race. You know, you're talking about, we just a little while ago about, you know, uh, the trophy. Well, God told us to win the prize. Did he not? You know, he didn't Absolutely. say he didn't say the, uh, hey, I'm just going to give you give you something just because you're around or you participated or whatever. But, yeah. 
it, it's right. um it, it is play to it win. Is, yeah absolutely play to win you know i always visualize this when we're doing this and i i i, I mean uh, maybe our fellow loved ones and believers that are up there with him and they, they, they're like in a, an arena and we're playing a game, maybe it would be football, soccer, whatever. And they're rooting for us for this victory, you know, and they're telling us to run this race, you know, they're cheering us on. And, um, you know, to me, that's encouraging. It's encouraging for me personally, Absolutely. but, uh, you know, um, so, um, since we're talking about, uh, the, the bad things that are happening, uh, you have a topic here. Uh, why do bad things happen, Amy? Why why do bad things happen? Everybody always says that. If God is so good, why does he let these bad things happen? And in my past life, I've asked that. But I learned a lot personally, and it's called sin. And the enemy is the ruler of the world right now. So a lot of that stuff does happen because of that. Would, would you, am I kind of on the right track there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I, I break it down to uh, three or four root causes of why bad things happen. And the first is just our own dumb choices, right? Mm-hmm. So there's consequences. So if I eat too much, um, I'm overweight, my blood sugar goes through the roof. I, I'm dealing with health issues. If I drive too fast, which, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I endanger others and I can get a ticket and those type of things. So that's probably our biggest issue for mm-hmm. why bad things happen is we do bring them on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But of course, that is not the only, the only reason. And like you alluded to, another reason is that we, we live uh we're still imperfect and we live in the evil world and uh you know there is a battle between good and evil mm-hmm. and then there are some things there are some tragedies that we just can't explain we can't understand we will never understand this side of heaven yeah. so i have a really good friend her name is tammy uh who lost both of her children mm-hmm. Uh, one died at the age of two, and then uh, her daughter died at the age of 17 in a car accident. And you say, mm-hmm. what What in the world? You know, that's, what's the purpose? Yeah. What's the purpose? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's, she's actually a very remarkable woman. And one of the things, so I helped her write her book. And that was the first one that I, that I ever assisted on, aside from my own. And uh, it's called Hope on a Heartbreak. And uh, it, what, I'm sorry, the title of the book is Homecoming, Hope on a Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. And so about uh, Alexis Summers. And so what's remarkable about Tammy is that she is one of the healthiest, most well-adjusted people I know and is has a heart for ministry. And uh, I won't give away the, the book, but talks about the fact that you know our pain can become our platform Mm -hmm. and i think that's one thing that we miss when we wonder why bad things happen and another reason and i i touch on this in the book is sometimes it's our perception of what is good and what is bad and let me give Mm -hmm. you an example so normally most people would say if you'd say is winning the lottery good or bad what do you think Mm -hmm. most people would say 
Well, probably good because they think they get that money, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know there have been studies that came out that showed that the quality of life 10 years after winning the lottery is lower than that of a paraplegic? Mm. Yeah, I hear those people are miserable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes we ascribe value to things that really are not good for us and that mm-hmm. are detrimental to our health and well-being. And so on the other side of that, for example, the car accident or the death of a child or just these traumatic things that we would see as, you know, the the death of the the end of our existence. Sometimes those are the things that can bring about uh, healing and and bring you closer to the Lord and give you purpose that you don't have otherwise. Now, of course, none of us ever says, oh, you know, I hope my plane crashes today or I hope right, my right. husband cheats on me or these things, you know, that's. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where, God, that's where God, that's where God, it turns uh, bad into good. He turns it into good. Exactly. You exactly. Know. And there's it may great- take a while. It may take a while because he's waiting on us to heal uh, you know, and however long it takes. And, but yeah, it, that's what I think. And me personally, um, you know, um, I lost a brother when he was 20 years old back in 1981. So, uh, w- with my family, with some of the family members and my mom and myself, you know, you grow angry at God as well. That can, right. you know, the enemy can use that to grow angry because you can get angry at God. Look what he did, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's something that takes gradual healing as well. You know, that, you know, uh, yeah, you know, we don't understand why that happened. We don't, we, we don't have a clue why that happened, you know, and, and <laughs> one of my, um, uh, shows I did about, you know, how do you comfort people with loss of loved one? You know, there's some, and the people that, that, uh, never experienced it, you know, they don't mean to, but they say some really foolish things. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's like, well, why, uh, well, God needed him. No, he didn't. God doesn't need anything, you know, and that kind of thing, you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's just a real hard pill to swallow, but, but you're, you're, you're so right about that. It's, 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 we don't know why and we never will. And maybe we'll get the answer when we go to heaven, but I don't know about you. I probably won't care then anyway. So, you know, it's, you know, right. you're going to, you're going to be with them. So, you know, right. But I think it's all about trusting and, like you said, building a relationship with him. He turns that good into, I mean, he turns that bad into good. You know. Absolutely. And along those same lines, you know, another thing that we don't often understand is why we need to fail. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but I hate to fail. You know, Absolutely. I hate to make mistakes. I hate to, to do stupid things. And yet, that is what really kind of opens the box for us to experience success. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in the book, I also talk about, uh, I have a whole list of first round draft picks for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Do you know that uh, in, um, in our, in our uh, boy, I uh, just forgot his name from uh, Cleveland, watched the game yesterday, the, the quarterback, he's a first round draft pick, so he's not in this category. But many of them did not succeed at mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, which is which is remarkable because they were the ones that were told that you know you can write your own ticket. There's no way you're not going to succeed. They were the cream of the crop, and yet what that shows is that 
it's actually the failures that do more for your success than the successes. And so, and we've seen this also with, with actors and uh, with athletes, when they experience too much success early on, it's hard to sustain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard, it's hard for them to, it's hard for them to accept failure when it happens, I'm sure, you know, exactly. And yeah. that's why uh, late bloomers like myself <laughs> tend to do um, better because you learn mm-hmm. from those mistakes mm-hmm. and from the failure. And actually the failure can open more doors and more pathways to success. Absolutely. And there's a great quote that talks about uh, one sees uh great things from the valley and only small things from the peak Mm -hmm, mm c.k chesterton Mm -hmm. he was a uh, catholic theologian and i believe the uh, 17th century but it's so true and so that Mm -hmm. goes along too with with why bad things happen yeah absolutely and i think also uh god is you may not see it right then but he's preparing you probably for a mission later on in your life you know, when you when you go through something bad, um, that's part of your training because you could help someone else. You can help someone else with if they're if they may experience the same thing that you did, whether it be death, um, loss of a job, uh, exactly. a lot of a lot of you know, you can grieve losing. I've lost jobs. You can lose. I mean, you can literally be grieving over losing your job. You know, it's a very scary thing. So I, I think God uses that as a as a training thing for us. So, you know, if you can't experience something bad, how are you going to know to help someone that is going through that? You know, I mean, it's to me, that just makes sense. You know, unfortunately, yeah, you, it's going to be painful, but you know, I mean, I've tried to help a lot of people out with the, the things that I've, that I've gone through, you know, it's a, uh, it, I think that's one reason why bad things happen, but not only just because of the sin, but you know, it's just, uh, the good thing is, like, you know, we're not we're not supposed to be part of the world. We're just here, so <laughs> you know, exactly. You know, but, but you know, but yeah, and that's 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 a that's a that's a very good point, um, Amy. I appreciate you tell, telling us about that. But um, um, so what about um, uh, unmasking the truth with the immoral, bankrupt culture? That's a big one. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one. So these were a series of blog posts. So I started out uh, by writing, I call them Wednesday Wisdoms. So it's just a a one-page blog post that goes out every Wednesday. And at the end of the year, I gathered them together and and put them into a book. So uh, I like it. You know, I, I really... It, it challenged me from the writing aspect because it's much harder to start a topic and have to wrap it up in one or two pages mm-hmm. because you really have to, to, to pull it together. So I talk a, a lot of different things and um, I actually have a series of four posts that are in that book. I'm asking the truth, talking about wealth and poverty. It's like when we were talking about socialism and talking about, what the Bible says as the the formula, if you will, for building wealth. And a lot of people say, oh, you know, that's it's not part of the prosperity gospel. There are actually more verses that talk about how to handle money 
than about heaven and hell combined. Did you know mm-hmm. that? I didn't mm-hmm. realize that. Mm-hmm. So, Very interesting. And people misquote what was the one verse. They always, they leave out the word for the love of money, don't they? They leave that part out. They, they, they say that They say money is, uh, you know, just money in general is for the root of all evil. No, he says the love of money is, you know, that's a big difference. Exactly. And I think you mentioned this earlier. There's two opposing worldviews. Uh, when it comes to money in the Bible, and the, and the one is the prosperity gospel, and the other is the poverty gospel, mm-hmm. and uh, and neither one of those are dead on. You know, there's that's why there's a lot of information uh, about money and about how to build wealth. It's it's not it's not quite as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there's a great verse that says that I, the Lord your God, give you the ability to build wealth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't mean you just sit there and expect something to happen. You know, you you know, you have to do you have to do your part, seek him where he wants you to go. You know, and he'll exactly and do and he will yes. help. And so, one of the keys is to uh, you have to work for it to build your own wealth. Oops, I think we're having a connection problem. Yeah. Are you there now? (laughs) I am. I'm sorry. That's probably No, no, no. I think it was both of us. I think I think the enemy is Amy. (laughs) Oh (laughs) that that could be. Definitely. Oh man. Yeah. So what were we saying now? Now I forgot. Uh just one of the keys to building wealth that that talks about scripture is that you have to work for it. Yes. God has given you the ability, but yes, it's he doesn't want us sitting on our hands and doing, you know. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and it should be uh, you should feel joyful when you're doing it. You know, you know, it's a, uh, um, you know, when you go to work and, and you know, a lot of works they're you know, part of my language they suck. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's hard to deal with. But God tells us you're not working for them. You're working for me. You know, if you look at it that way. Okay, Yeah, exactly. Whoops, I think we. You there? (laughs) Yeah, bear with us having some connection issues. Okay, but yeah, it's um, it, it's it, we if we just work, I know that we can have a victory, victory in that, no doubt about it. I apologize about the connection, but uh, I don't know, I don't know. I guess the enemy doesn't like us talking about this. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Too bad. Oh man. Amy, there's another thing I'd like to discuss if we can, if hopefully we won't get disconnected, but it's, it's important to me personally, because I've experienced this and I shared this with you with fear and anxiety. Um, uh, I don't know a lot of people, friends and families have every day. Uh, How do, what do you, what do you say to uh, a believer or a non-believer 
as far as dealing with anxiety. So uh, yes, in my book, you can visit, but you can't live there. Uh, Keys to living free from fear, anxiety, and guilt. So we talk about building resilience. And so building resiliency is the idea that uh, it doesn't matter what we start with, it doesn't matter what we go through, that we have the ability to make choices that are not dependent on their circumstances. And so sometimes uh, the, the harder our circumstances are, the more resiliency we're able to build. And so from the anxiety perspective, uh, it changes the way that we process information. And so, uh, for example, one of the things I talk about is, uh, you know, you can have two individuals and you can't tell initially who is resilient and who isn't because they can have the same reactions uh, initially. So, for example, in the book, I give a story of uh, two high school, two guys in high school, both going out for the football team and they work really hard all summer. They, uh, you know, they do well in the tryouts and neither one makes the team. Well, so both of them, I'm sure as they leave the locker room, they slam the lockers, they, you know, may have choice words for the coaches. They may be really annoyed, <laughs> mm -hmm. come home, slam the door, go to their room and, uh, don't, uh, you know, don't want dinner that night. But what happens the next couple of days is what really differentiates you and uh, shows resilience is the one kid stays in his room. Uh, he posts nasty things on social media and just uh, he becomes very angry. But the other one, uh, mm -hmm. he just he takes some time, processes it and um, you know, goes, figures out how he can make the team next time. And, you know, he goes to the game that Friday night. And sometimes it's a matter of uh, he has to find a whole new set of friends because all of his friends are on the field. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference between someone who's resilient and who isn't. And, um, you know, in the book, I talk about different ways when you say specifically about anxiety, you know, different ways to process anxiety. And uh, a lot of it has to do with perspective. And, you know, just uh, what's important to us. And uh, there's a chapter in there specifically about fear. And I go through steps on how to evaluate whether fear is rational or irrational. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing with rational fear is uh, rational fear is a God-given emotion. You know, mm -hmm. fear has serves a purpose in the in the human experience because it prevents us from doing anything stupid. Mm -hmm. For example, you know, uh, if I should be afraid of driving over 100 miles an hour, I mean, that's a legitimate fear. I should be afraid of taking a bath with the hairdryer. That's that's a rational fear. But then there can be a very fine line between rational and irrational fear. And the problem with irrational fear is that it can actually render us helpless and it can prevent us from doing anything useful. And, uh, you know, I, I, I talk in the book too about, um, so my dad was one that 
learned to ride a motorcycle when he was 50. And uh, especially as he got older, he took a lot of risks uh, mm. with his body. And what we learned is that he was more afraid of getting old than he was of actually dying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what you're afraid of affects what you, what you do and uh, how you act. And so, but growing up with that, you know, we were taught not to be afraid of, of too much, you know, and, uh, and I'm very grateful, you know, my husband and I both kind of bought into that idea and, and uh, we have kids. So we have, uh, our older two kids, one is active duty Air Force, the other is Air National Guard, and uh, she and her husband are both uh, police officers in our local city. Mm. And uh, the youngest is looking to possibly go into the Navy. We're kind of waiting to see. Everything's a little crazy right now. But uh, I realized at one point, uh, because they both have done several deployments. And I know you talked about it earlier that our schools uh, are just crazy and they're, they're not safe. So mm -hmm. I, my kids, I knew that my kids were safer on military bases in the middle East than they were at college. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Personally. Mm. And so that's a perspective thing too, because everyone would say, Oh my goodness, aren't you afraid? You know, your kids are in the military. They're they're in the, uh, you know, serving as police officers. And, uh, but I've also learned that the safest place to be is in the center of God's will, regardless mm -hmm. of where that is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. It's, and I think there's good fear and bad fear. You know, the bad fear of me, it's like not trusting God, you know, you know, if you, if you, you're, you're so afraid. I mean, he tells us not to be afraid and, you know, the, the good fear is like you said, to protect us, you know, Right. but you know, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, that's, that's a great point. And hopefully that'll help people out. Um, at the end of the show here, I'm going to have you share where to get all your books because you have several of them because I know a lot of people are going to want to tune into that. So we'll make sure that we do that as well. So um, what about um, the pursuit of liberty and protecting our God given rights? Well, that's going on right now, isn't it? I mean, you know, especially really in, in the church or as Christians, you know, they do you know, they're really attacking the, the, the Christian uh, uh, people right now. Uh, you know, uh, what we saw during the pandemic by shutting down the churches and so forth, you know. Right. So, yes, if I can show you that book, I got that right here. Yeah. So, absolutely. This one, so uh, the first book, well, the second book, really, the Through the Lens of Love and Truth, uh, I started with the biblical worldview and I really got into the political chapters. Like it was right before the election. And I didn't even realize it had kind of morphed into that. So, but after I released that book and realized that I couldn't even get my family to read it, uh, I decided to, uh, to, to republish it and rebrand it, if you will, mm -hmm. into the pursuit of Liberty, uh, because it does kind of address a little more of what we're going through. So, uh, in this book, we talk. I talk about uh, the frailty of freedom and the idea, the um, the separation of church and state debate, and that's often misunderstood. So I kind of break that down and, and talk about that in detail, and then uh, talk about protecting the the traditional family and 
the rights of life, which talks about the abortion debate mm -hmm. that's going mm -hmm. on. You know, there's a lot of gray area in scripture, but mm -hmm. defending human life is not one of them. So right. Right. We, we break that down and talk about socialism, capitalism. I even go into a chapter on race, which at the time I was writing this, I said, Lord, seriously, you want a middle-aged white woman who lives in, in rural Pennsylvania <laughs> to talk about race and uh, race issues. But what I found as I got into the research is uh, I, I looked at all the, the legal, you know, what had happened uh, over the past century. And really, if you look at it, the Democrats always had a plan to keep minorities enslaved. Oh, so yeah, after absolutely. slavery, yeah. after slavery, they they came up with segregation, and when segregation didn't work, uh, LBJ came out with the Great Society legislation. That you know, and if you want to look at what they're really trying to do, look at the opposite of what they name it, mm -hmm. because uh, that's what brought in the welfare state. And so, and then Reagan called out that and said that this is going to uh, create uh, poverty and hopelessness like never before. And it's going to create two separate Americas. And it's exactly what, and it was exactly their plan. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't enough, then we see the 1994 crime bill, which is, is a whole nother level of evil. And that, of course, was authored by Joe Biden and mm -hmm. Kamala Harris. Mm -hmm. And uh, that actually created incentives for uh, for communities, uh, cities to keep people in prison longer. Mm -hmm. So it was never about reform. No. And uh, so if they did, so if they, uh, the longer they kept them in, then money was guaranteed to them to build new, new mm -hmm. jails. I, I think the minorities. Thing, I, I think the minority people are waking up now, though, about all that. I, I really do think they, they see, really are. Yeah, that, they really problem. are. Yeah. And I think uh, President Trump helped to expose a lot of that mm -hmm. and what was what was really happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, and and to empower minority communities, you know, there was there was money flowing to minority communities to to build. Uh, businesses like never ever before and it's really it it's really frightening and, and terrible what's happening to our cities again because they were making great progress oh yeah no no doubt about it yeah and and now they're trying to you know reverse all that and you know put it back to where they want it to be but you know we'll just pray that that I always pray now, you know, Lord, what the enemy's trying to do, let his plans fail before, let, let, let it fail ahead. Don't do not let it go forward. You know, you know, it's a, that's the greatest weapon we have now is prayer, you know. Exactly. And you know, what's amazing is it always was, right. but, you right. know, prosperity has a way of concealing what really yeah. is the truth. And what really matters. And so all of that's kind of being stripped away, you know, even here in America and, and we're getting back to the basics and realize that God is the only one who can protect us, who can save mm -hmm. us, mm -hmm. uh, who can provide for us. And uh, yeah. And he will, he at. will, he, he will. will. He, Absolutely. He, he, he has promised us uh, that 
it's just us, you know, trusting him and believing in him, you know, I mean, I always look back, you know, when I go through like the anxiety thing and fear thing, I'm, and I always remind myself, and I think God reminds me, like, well, look what I did for you before. Look how I got you out of that before. Look, look at this, you know, and uh, exactly. uh, I mean, I, I suffered a brain aneurysm in, in 2006. Uh, I'm sp- I was supposed to be dead, but, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I mean, so, so if I look at stuff like that, that really helps me. And I'm like, this is not important. You know, it's going to work out, you know, and it, sure. and, it, and it always does. Yeah, it may be a battle. Yeah, but you know, I know the guy is 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 the leader in that battle. You know, and he sends people to help you too when you're going through a trial. You know, I mean, he's you know he sends you know his people to help. You know, we just we just have to ask. You know, right. And if I could add one other quick point to the anxiety topic. Sure. Uh, you know, a, a key is you have to learn, and I had to learn how to talk back to myself. Mm. Because a lot of things that come into our mind, uh, and that's why we need to be renewing our mind through the scripture, because there are a lot of things that come at us that are not truth. Mm. And so I think one way that we can deal with anxiety is, and, and what you said, and you said that you do do this, is you have to stop and say, okay, wait a minute. It's kind of like play a game, you know, Mm. where's the lie? (laughs) Find Mm -hmm. the lie in -hmm. this. And you talk back and you say, wait a minute, you know, I I can't buy into this this fear and this black cloud that's that's trying to come over me because, yeah. Exactly. And, and because, mm-hmm. you know, God has protected me in the past. This is what's happening. Uh, you know, being born in America by itself is like winning the lottery. And, so oh, and we take that for granted, don't we? We take it so mm. for granted. Absolutely. Mm. That's why you hear all these uh, legal people that came over. I'm saying legal that came over here and worked so hard. And they see what's happening to our nation now. They're so heartbroken. And they're saying, like, what, don't you guys see? This is what we yeah, got away from. Exactly. Yeah, you know? I have a lot of friends, a lot of immigrant friends. And they are some of the most hardworking people because they don't take it for granted. Right. So they, you know, they were uh, drafted players. They, they weren't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, part of the original lineup. And, and they get it. They appreciate yeah. the opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and then they, they, uh, they, they, I think that they, they are hurt and upset and they see the people coming in here illegally. Yes, they, they don't, are. They, they don't want that, you know, you know, they, do the right thing. You know, I think it's great if you come over here, if you do it, you do it legally, you know, welcome, you know, God bless you. Absolutely. You know, I mean, it's, uh, we, we, I, I believe there's hope. I really do. I'm not giving up yet. I, I, I mean, you know, it's, um, However, the outcome is uh, whether, you know, whatever God decides, he's in control and we're Thanks protected so and we're going to win. There's no, there's no question about that. Amen. You also, is this another book too? You talk about Christian conservatism in America. Yes. Yeah, so that's through the lens of love and truth. Okay. So that one, uh, that has all the information. So a lot of the chapters from the, the Liberty book are also in here, but I start out by talking about the, um, about creationism and how it's actually better science than is evolution. So, and this was really created as a resource to be able to defend the things that we know to be true. 
but I give a lot of uh, historical arguments and uh, legal arguments, like I said, you know, some of the, the legislation and, and the, the pathways and, and how we got to where we are. And then also the, the biblical worldview of, you know, why we support certain views and certain uh, mm -hmm. positions. And so I mm -hmm. uh, talk about that. The chapter on why bad things happen is in here. Uh, also, uh, do all religions lead to heaven? There's a chapter in there on that too. And so I hear a lot of people saying, oh, all religions are the same, all gods are the same. That should be an indication to you that those individuals have never studied world yep. religions. Uh, absolutely. So so I'm hoping that that book will be a resource uh, for people to be able sure. to look up information, to develop an argument so that you can defend yourself. Sure. And, you know, scripture says that we should always have a reason for the hope that we have and uh also the chapter on why the bad things happen and then mm -hmm. it gets into you know more the political uh you know such as the abortion debate and i talk about transgenderism in there but there's also a chapter at the very end that isn't in any other book and it's called it's called what in the world and it talks about uh biblical prophecies in the end times and you know Mostly it, it discusses Israel's part mm -hmm. in the end times and what's happening in Israel and what's happening in the Middle East right now and how that is really setting up for the return of the Lord. Yeah. 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 Keep your eye on Israel. That is for sure. Keep your eye on Israel. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You, 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 you um, we went through a lot today because you have so much great stuff. <laughs> I mean, great, great books. Are you going to, are you going to, is there another one coming out in the near future or you, you have something in mind or? Yes. So the one I'm working on and I just had mentioned it briefly, but it's, it's probably going to be called would God really send people to hell. Okay. Okay. And so that's the one I'm working on right now. And uh, I'm, collaborating with a couple pastor friends because I want to make this a resource that uh, that churches and ministries can use and you know that you can have available it's just gonna be a little booklet uh, so that's that, great you know, like a little like footnote type book you can just look it up that's cool yes yeah. in fact if I could show you I have so this is uh, why the bad things happen is in a, mm -hmm. in a book so it's going to be this size nice, nice and small nice nice and where can people find your books you have a is it on your fusion page or, or where can they find that uh, there is a link but if you go to www.amytravisunlimited.com uh, that has a listing of all my books and they're all available on amazon as well so if you look Fantastic. up amy l travis uh, so they can get it on kindle there. if they want they can get it on kindle as yes. well. yes oh, that's awesome awesome, awesome. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. Um, you know, when I read about you, I think you have a uh, you uh, have such a great mission. God is using you, uh, no doubt. He's not finished with you, and you know, really, God bless you. And uh, I met a new friend today, and that, that that's just awesome. I just get so excited when I meet someone special. And Amy, please come back on any time. You know, if you have, I if will. You have, Thank you, you know, so much for having me. I really oh, appreciate the time. Oh. And uh, 
no problem. Uh, your time is valuable. I'm fine. Your time is valuable. And I, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, don't hang up on me yet. because uh, okay. I want to talk to you afterwards, but uh, we'll tell sure. the, we'll tell the folks goodbye here and I'll get right back with you. Thank you again. All right, guys, we enjoyed Amy so much. Thank her so much for being on the show. We'll see you next time. You all have a great one. God bless you.